this is Breezy, and you are about to listen to an episode of No Matter What Did You Just Say? An after show hosted by the Section 109 Podcast. This was an after show hosted for episodes of the No Matter What docuseries about Chattanooga Football Club. This was recorded and broadcasted live on Facebook and YouTube and on CFC's official channels. We also wanted to release them as podcasts, however, so here they come. We apologize in advance if the audio is a bit wonky, but we were all in different locations with varying audio and video setups. You can find links and these actual video episodes archived on CFC's official YouTube. <gasps> we're live. Hello and welcome to No Matter What Did You Just Say? A No Matter What After Show hosted by the Section 109 Podcast. I am Andrew Brzee, better known as Breezy, and I am joined tonight by the lovely and beautiful and looking very classy, Mr. Jay Buchanan. Jay, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. Coming to you from a cloud. I know. You look good? You look very fancy. No, I appreciate it, man. No, uh, I am super excited to be here. These uh, episodes of the documentary that we've watched so far have been amazing. Uh, the one guy's cameo named Andrew Breezy in the first one was really good, though. I don't know about that, but I, I it was very weird hearing myself on uh, on a real documentary on real television. I don't oh, know yeah. how that happened. Um, oh yeah, but I, I'm not uh, complaining. I, rec- I recorded my screen on my laptop so that I could have uh, my cut. Just Heck you know, yeah. I had to. No one tell <laughs> no one tell Owen. No, one oh, no, Owen. not at all, or anybody else that's probably watching this right now. Yeah, you, no one's really watching this. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so listen, Jay, who are we? Uh, and and what do we do? Maybe why are we here? Um, we are the Section 109 podcast. We normally drink whiskey and beer in my guest bedroom, and we record random stupid things on microphones and every now and then on video. Um, but we have been asked to take over uh, this live stream, and it's I, I'm super excited. I'm super nervous slash excited because I've never done anything like this before. But uh, it's awesome. Speaking of live and taking over the stream, we have a special and distinguished guest, Mr. Peter Fuller. Are you on the line with us? Is that who I hear? I I am, you guys. How you guys doing? <laughs> Good, man. hear your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just so everybody knows, I'm not – I, I, I want to let your listeners know I'm not at the disco. Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not at Reagan's or uh, Westbound. <laughs> I am actually standing in CBC, but they've got single going on upstairs, and it's pouring rain outside. So uh, I've I've decided to come inside. I hope uh, I hope the background music isn't a problem. You know, I can hear you pretty clearly right now, and I don't hear too much background music yet. So I mean, I guess we'll Good. just see how Good. it goes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so, I hear so, you. Perfect. So we were just starting into uh, kind of starting to talk about the dock itself. Um, so you jo- joined at the perfect time. So bubble time has started, and and coach, we're gonna watch a clip here in a minute, and you'll be able to hear it. Um, okay. You obviously, won't be able to see it since you're calling in this time, but sure. the, uh, it'll be a little clip on the hotel arrival. It'll be you talking, and once we get done with that clip, which we'll roll here in a second, I would really love to hear kind of your thoughts on how the bubble was you know kind of what how the teams were laid out all that kind of stuff but let's go ahead and roll that clip right now and we'll come back and talk about it after sure in terms of the hotel obviously you've got uh um you know what eight teams here um you know a lot of you guys have friends with with other teams visit when you can um that's I'm, i'm fine with that um, let's just make sure we're respectful of everybody that's here. I don't want to give any, anyone bulletin board material. I've already heard somebody talking about us, so that's fine, and, and, and I'm, I'm just fine with that. Uh, um, but uh, the beauty of what we do, the best part of it is, is that you can politicize it all you want, but eventually we're going to step out on the field, and it's going to be 11 guys against 11 guys, and we're going to decide it there. You're a really, really, really good team, all right? I'm gonna say that up front, regardless of what happens this week. And there's a bunch of good teams here, but remember the reason that you're in the position that you're in is because you're a really good team. Whenever things start going sideways and you start wondering why it's going wrong, go back to that. We gotta be a really good team. If we're gonna make anything happen here this week, it's gonna be about the collective. It won't be about the individual. 
So, Coach, we saw some stare from the bubble, some workouts. Tell me what it was like living in the hotel like that. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, it was uh, – I don't think uh, – obviously, none of us had been through an experience like that. So, we, we had no no real idea. I mean, we're, were we going to get along? Were we not going to get along? Were we going to, by the end of it, be ready to kill each other? I mean – we had no no real idea. Um, I think we tried to create we tried to create breezy an environment where um, tried to make it as normal as we could. Really enjoy our time when we had a chance to be together, and try to be really smart about our time when we needed to get rest when we needed to train those kinds of things. And, and I listen, a coach can set a plan and, and everything else. You got to have players that want to execute it. If they don't want to do it, if they're on a different agenda, a different page from you or from each other, it never is going to work. So I think you got to give the players a boatload of credit on this. I mean, they, they bought in a hundred percent guys that, didn't get a chance to play were still as enthusiastic as the guys that were playing and wishing for the guys that were playing that it was going to work that it was going to work out it was going to be a good thing and uh and it uh um that it was going to that it was going to be an environment that it was going to that it was going to be something um they were genuinely interested in helping each other. I guess that's the best way for me to put it and, and looking out for each other and make, and making sure that, that the collective one, you, you'll, you, you've heard me talk a lot in these about team and it not being about the individual. The truth of it is, you know, it's not golf. It's not tennis. It's not cross country. At the end of the day, this is this is a team sport. Is about a collective group of people all pulling in the same direction to 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 succeed. And and one guy's never going to get it done. And the truth of it is, last year's group, and in a lot of ways, like this year's group so far that I've already seen, it's going to have to be about everybody pulling on the rope in the same direction. And, 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 and we had that, we had it in spades with that group. Um, it's funny. I, I had two moments in this where I got a little bit, you know, not choked up, but it, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit because I know some of what a lot of these guys went through and, and, and it, you know, it, it's a. Uh, um, it was an unbelievable. It was an unbelievable experience for me to coach this group of guys, and to see where we came from, with all the obstacles that were thrown in our direction, and and how guys just even keel handled them. They were terrific, and uh, the players deserve so much credit for for how they handled it. They they really do, and and I'm. Uh, I'm proud of them and I'm indebted to them because they, they really made my job, Bill's job, Jordan's job, Drew's job, Jeremy's job. They made it easy. And, uh, I, uh, I can't give them, I can't give them enough credit. Yeah. You could, well, you, you could really see a lot. Ahead, and I was gonna say, you could really see a lot in that clip that the guys seem to really value each other. Go ahead, Jay. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say uh, same thing, except along the lines of uh, coach. I heard you say that even the players who didn't get a chance to get some real time in were still there and still focused on the ultimate goal. Man, when I hear you yeah. talk, I could headbutt a brick wall and be fine. <laughs> so yeah. I know a lot of those guys had the mo- a lot a lot of motivation coming from that. Those speeches that you have, yeah. plus Juan, yeah. plus Dix, um, yeah, everything is. It, it I almost it brought us tear to my eye as well so and that's because i'm a massive well, I, pre- I appreciate it I, I it's funny there's an old saying and you guys will have heard it and, and um that a team tends to take on the personality of the coach i'm not totally sure i want any of my teams to take on my personality 
but <laughs> but the truth but the but the truth of but the truth of it is i'm i'm a competitor i i want to win i want to be successful i want to do it yep. a particular way and that way is is not about one guy about the, uh, about the collective doing the right thing and pulling in the right direction altogether yeah. because i think the sports sports to me People always say sports is a microcosm of life. I don't know that it always is, but it's uh, uh, it should be a microcosm of life because if you think about some of the way that we tried to play, everybody helping each other, everybody working for each other, everybody fighting for each other. Tell me something that's wrong with that. There isn't. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's how we should live our lives is caring more about the person that, that you know, we, we talk a lot about the person on the right and left of us, you know, the, the person in front of us, the person behind us, making sure that we don't let them down and we fight for them and we compete for them. That if, right. if, if somebody, if, if one of the guys on our team is wrong, he should have to get in line behind all the other guys trying to fight for it and compete for it. And, and, and tell me that, tell me that, that our country and our world wouldn't be a better place if everybody looked at it that way. You can't. You can't. Don't even don't even waste your time thinking about it, because the well, truth of it coach, is, it would be a better place. Oh, it totally would be, and uh, I think you happen to be a better person than Breezy and I combined. Probably Smitty and Matt as well. Which shout out to them. But hey, I just I want to talk about something else. The breakfast team bonding—that's a really interesting yeah. dynamic for this documentary. Yeah. It brings on a whole side of things that we have never seen before. We never had a chance to see anything like that from CFC right. or anything on that that standpoint is that something that you've always done or is it kind of formatted for this bubble or where did that idea come from it's something that i've always done but i've never done it i've never done it twice in the same way every team's different and every group of players are different so i might pick a different this year i don't know that i would necessarily do that with this group i might choose something different um but it it, it um i i i think i think you look at you look at the players that you have. You look at the guys. Uh, you, you you get to know them and you get to know their personalities and what they're about. And I just felt with 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 our group, it would be first off, just so every fan. This group was this group was 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 very tight before we ever got to Detroit. So it's not like I was trying to introduce something that, you know, um, to try and bring them out of their shell or anything else. They were already tight and they already had a care and interest in each other. And, and it'd been through a lot. When you think about the COVID, when you think about even the Oakland game, um, you know, giving a goal up with what, three minutes left uh, of injury time. I mean, it, you know, th there's a lot of teams that that would have broken. Um, and maybe the time off in between that game and when we were able to play again may have been a sad for us. Although I think you would have, I, I, I would bet my house that we were going to beat Michigan Stars in that first game mm. back home. So, um, so that was never, um, we, the guys recovered very quickly and very well from, from the disappointment of that. Um, but I, I think we weren't trying to be, we weren't, we weren't trying to be, I, I wasn't trying to do that to try and bring them together or anything else. If anything, I was really thinking, you know, you guys know each other, but do you really know each other? Do you yeah. really know Zeka? Do you really know, you know, one of the things that hasn't come out yet, and I don't know if it will necessarily, but if you guys get to see Topher Marshall having to be the guy stand up there and do the, and do the, the thing, it's, it, Topher's going to Topher's going to get a, a comedian job. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> oh man! And and and, and oh. the story and and Bement and different ones that got up McGrath, and they really they they bore their soul to each other. And you know, it, it's it's uh, you saw that. Did you guys see when after Zeka got done? Every one of those guys, they had a they practically had a pig pile in the middle of the room, and it was like. Yeah. You know, they, they they were 
they were so happy for him and so happy to be his friend and to be part of it. And um, so speaking of yeah, that Zeka, speaking of that Zeka moment, let's let's actually transition straight into that clip and roll the Zeka clip that we have prepped right now. Sure, sure. For the song and uh, the joke, um, I didn't think about any particular song that I would like to sing. But I, I'm someone who, who writes a lot. Uh, I keep a journal every day. And uh, if, if that's okay with you, I'll just read. And, and it's a short part here. Of the first day we came back uh, to, this, to practice. A lot of you know that I didn't have a contract until at that point. Uh, I was just fighting for a spot in the team. And that was the first time I was stepping on the field knowing that I, I was part of the team officially, right? So, what I wrote here is like, first day back at training, and what a feeling it is to be in the position that I am due to the fact that I didn't give up and I kept trying. This idea of unfinished business was what drove me and pushed me each session. Every day when I felt like giving up. My first practice as a professional footballer, a kid's dream, become reality. Sorry guys. You know, it's a pleasure to share moments like this with you guys. Uh, very happy to be here and to be teammates with you guys. Um, it means a lot to me. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. Man, that clip is so, so emotional in, in the best possible way. Foles, did it's you amazing. have any idea he was going to do that? Did you, I mean, did you kind of know what he was going to talk about? And I think we just lost Foles. Um, Jay, Foles. The, he dropped, the, uh, he dropped the brewery's out. getting to him. Either the brewery's <laughs> getting to him or the bad cell phone connection in the rain. I'll wait for him to yeah. call back in. Uh, but, Jay, what sure. did you think when you saw that clip? Like, what was your first reaction? Um, Zek is a friend. And also, you know... One of the longest standing CFC players. They're sorry, the longest standing player in, in uh, CFC history. So it just gets better every time I've seen it. I've uh, I've seen it twice now, and well, actually, sorry, that's the third time. And uh, every single time, man, it gets me a little bit. It is, it's just so him, uh, to not tell a joke, not sing a song, but to to read out of a journal. Like how dreamy Zeka, you know seriously i just got a text that said fuller's phone died uh so there's, there's oh, that's why he amazing. dropped off we'll see if he gets on somebody else's phone and calls me back um yeah man just just crazy and to see that how the players reacted and hugged him you know as full said it's almost like a dog pile in the middle of the room uh did yeah. we, do you think they figured out who stole zeka's peanut butter i don't know i need to know more about that because i have no idea the context around that that's all i know so but i would I love to learn more i think somebody was in trouble if they did like like legit like Zach is going to find you, it seemed. It sounded like it. I'll tell you something uh, something funny that came from that, too. Um, people who watch the doc will remember. Fools uh, shouted out Zeka's wife. And when he did, it was funny. But in the background, you can hear Brian Bement go, Jesus. And man, it was so funny. Those kicked uh, in moments like that, that lead into something like what Zeka did. It, like, how could you not write a documentary about it? And to get to for us to get a little window into these like these really intimate team moments, right? I I'd always wondered what it was like at like team meals and and at training and that kind of stuff. And we really get yeah. like real legitimate glimpses into this. It's it's so 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 cool. Uh, it's speaking fascinating. Of, speaking of cool things, where are you right now? And why do you look look like you're in a cloud? Oh, um, I'm at work. <laughs> no, uh, fortunately, my boss let me use our studio for this live stream instead of me doing it in the podcast studio. I actually have a camera set up in the back where I can switch. So this is the con kind of the control setup I have, and I'm lit, and I've got TVs that I'm looking at plus a teleprompter that you can't see. But uh, it's a lot of fun. That's why That's I look awesome. like I'm in the cloud. That's all. Speaking of which, Fuller is calling me back. Let's let's see if he's yes. Uh, let's get him in here. Time. Perfect. Mr. Fuller, can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm sorry. My phone went dead. 
that's okay. That's Likely okay. story. <laughs> so um, Zeka mentioned a part in that clip where he said, you know, when he got onto the team, he hadn't really made the team. So that that journal entry was from his first day as a professional soccer player. Um, right. I, I'm curious, and maybe this is a little too, um, you know, feel free to say if you don't want to talk about it, but I know from what he said coming into the year, he wasn't a full-time player. Was it, did you right. guys see him as a major contributor this year or this last year, excuse me, with the documentary or, or how did you envision it going versus how it went? It's a, it's a great question. And, and, and here's the deal. He came in, he came in in preseason when we started in February. The problem was he didn't have his, uh, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't have his, uh, uh, there was an immigration issue with him that we couldn't, uh, we couldn't sign in at that point. Mm. Um, so, and, and, and the main, the main problem was we had given out all our visa spots at that point. So we, there was nothing we could do with him other than offer him a chance to train, stay with us. I would have, I would have signed him, um, if it wasn't for that. So I, I think people didn't understand he was going to be part of the group. Uh, and obviously once, you know, his, his uh, immigration status was changed and everything else during COVID, I called him on the phone. And I was like, we want to sign him. So, uh, so that was, that was the situation with, with Zeka. He was wanted right from the beginning. Okay. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that, that insight there. Um, sure. Going forward and, and we'll go to the Zecca red card in a second, but I have a, a quick interlude. Todd Hudgens asked uh, two questions. Um, number one, he asked what's in this coffee cup and it's uh, tea, believe it or not, because my throat was a little uh, like raspy. Story. It's, I wish it was something <laughs> different, uh, but I have to be productive. Um, and the other thing is, and Todd asks this, and I think it's a very good question, um, and I'll, I'll kind of lead into it this way. The Zecker red card happens, and he, he draws an, an absolute elbow in the face, and then I believe it's right after that that we lose Richard Dixon and Hoff both to injuries. And I don't want to talk too, actually, too much. Actually, actually, a little different than that, Weezy. Uh, I was thinking of Weezy because it was Tulane Ledley, actually, we lost right afterwards. We lost. We lost Richard and Dwayne within mm. a minute of each other. So I had to make uh. two subs right away. So what were you uh, thinking at that point? I didn't know what – you're not thinking. You're going on, on instincts and what you believe is right. I mean, it's, it's – uh, you know, the, 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 the bottom line is i got to get 11 guys out on the field. I've lost Richard and I've lost Dwayne. Um, and, and Richard and – I think you guys, we've talked about this. I think in last year's team, Richard wasn't Richard wasn't necessarily our best player, although he's very very good and and certainly the most experienced player in the team. He was our most influential player when it comes to, to, the, to the group, yeah. and he had a massive influence on it. So losing him was bad enough. Joanne going out a minute later was killer. Toss scores the goal, and during injury time of the first half, has gone back and won a header when we were really under it, yeah. jumps in the air and, and has a slight uh, hamstring pull, and we got to break him up. He made three subs in the first 45 minutes. So they lost the player. Listen, that's bad, but it was self-inflicted. Anybody that would have seen that, you know, it, and I said it on the clip, and I was right about it. It was the best call the guy made all night. Yes. But the truth but the truth of it is, we both had partnership in that first half. So they had to go down to 10 guys. We lost three guys. I had to use three subs in the first 45 minutes. So, you know, it, 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 and when you've only got five of them, that's, that's a big, that's a problem. Right. That's a problem at that level. And so that actually so. that actually leads us straight into uh, halftime, and we have a clip from halftime. But before we roll that clip, setting it up, you've just said you've made three changes in the first half. You have all due to injury. What is going right. through your mind coming into this halftime speech? And then let's listen to it. So real quick, tell us how you were feeling. What were your emotions like coming into this halftime speech? The game, the game wasn't over at this point, and yeah. and I was disappointed with our reaction, but not surprised. 
I've been doing this a long time. And the amount of times I've watched teams who have gone up a man, even up two men, and, and, and all of a sudden the momentum of the game switches. I, 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 if I had a $5 bill for every time I've seen this, I would have a lot of money. It, 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 the mentality of players in that situation goes a hundred different directions. It really does. And, uh, and I, I, I was, I was concerned because I knew they were a good team. We all knew they were a good team. And the yeah. players, to be fair to them, they knew they were a good team. Sure. They didn't go into, we didn't go into that game thinking, uh, this is going to be a walkthrough. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're the third place team in the Western Conference, blah, 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 blah. We knew they were good. And, uh, uh, and I, and I knew they would come out like a house on fire to start to start that second half. And we had to match we had to match their intensity and get through that period of time. Perfect. I think you've set it up perfectly. Uh producers, if we could roll that clip, let's listen to what he said at halftime to the guys. That will do it for the first time. To affect I think it's affected us. I think the change probably affected us. All of those kinds of things. The one thing that they will do, I promise you, for 15 minutes, it's going to be balls to the wall, hell-bent for leather. And if you're not up for the fight, they're going to score a goal. You've got to be up for the fight. You've yeah. got to be up to compete, all right? And the other side of it is, too, it does us no good to, to sit here and, 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 and play timidly or, play, or, or be shy, all right? Go out there and try and look to see if we can't get another one. Another one buries them. And don't play not to lose. Play to win. Play to win. Okay? Fear not. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Ready to run through a wall. Yeah, I'm ready to run through a wall. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I noticed, and I'll throw this to Jay before we talk to you again, Fuller. Uh, Jay, did you did you notice they used one, two, three family on almost every single uh, huddle throughout the whole episode? I did. I noticed that was the theme. I love that. I I loved as a fan. I loved that so much, so so much. Fuller, can you do you know where that? Um, I mean, I don't know if that's a player led thing where that one two three family comes from. It is, it is them doing that that particular uh, that particular sequence that you guys do when they come in together one two three family. Yeah. But the one thing we talked about right from the beginning of training camp in February all the way through is that. Teams are teams, but families are families, so that there's a big difference. Uh, you know, teammates teammates are together. Teammates are together a couple hours a day, then they go on their way, do their own thing. Families families might have disagreements, and they might uh, uh, missing anybody that would have come to our sessions, our training sessions. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah, guys, almost getting in fist fights. Yeah, this, yeah, that. But the thing about it is, when it was over, and after they said family, everybody's got their arm around each other, everybody's shaking hands, finding out, trying to find out where 10 guys are going to go to lunch that day. And they liked spending time together. They treated each other like, like brothers. And I think, and I was, we had a problem at a certain point during the summer. And I won't get into a lot of it, but I had a conversation with them and I told them, stop saying the whole family thing, just stop it. Because the truth of it is, when you say that, there are certain, there are certain specific things that you do. And I went through them with them. I said, if you want to say family, you better meet. Don't just, I don't want to hear lip service because you think it's what I want to hear. I want a real family. And if we're not going to be a real family, then screw it. Just say team or something or, or you know, Chattanooga FC or, or whatever. But don't, don't, don't embarrass yourselves by acting like something that you're not. And yeah. to be fair, I think it was about at that point, everybody was like, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we got to be. Yeah. And that's amazing. When they said it, it meant something. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't lip service. It wasn't. Uh, 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 it wasn't a cliche. It wasn't anything else. Those guys. Those guys 
those guys believe in each other and still do. Even the guys that aren't here. So that's, uh, that's, that's that's the that's the history behind that. That's amazing. So they said it, then they went into the second half. Speaking of a guy who was a yep. part of the family and wasn't still here, but we go into the second half and we steal a second goal uh, from Darwin Lom. How was the team's yep. morale after that? Because it was a bit against the run of play. Uh, the LA Force were playing amazing, even being a man right. down. So how did it feel right. to see him smash it? And then what time is it? Well, What time is it? I was incredible. Darwin had a terrific tournament, but he had a great game that night. And you saw a chance very early in the game that he ended up, the keeper made a save on. He probably, I think yep. Darwin would tell you, he should have done better with that one. But he was going concerned all night long. He had a bunch of chances and didn't score. But the thing was, the thing was, the thing is, when he scored that goal, I was happy. Obviously, we're up to nothing. I think it's a huge deal for us, but I was really happy for him because he deserved it. He had earned that. He had earned that goal because he'd worked his socks off all night long. He was terrific. The, the key to that, the key to that game, guys, honestly, there were two keys. The guy being stupid enough to let himself get sent off in the 10th minute. That was, that was ridiculous. The second, the second thing is, was, is, is, is red save and then him hitting the bar and red second save on the first one. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how that lifts the team. And I knew that at that point, I, again, I've used the analogy before. I bet my house no. At that point, I bet my house no we're going to win the game. <laughs> yeah, that totally took the wind out of their sail. Yeah, totally yeah, for sure. So going from that Lom goal, uh, we had a, a Brian, the two kind of moments in a row that were pretty gut wrenching as fans. You had Brian's goal that I, I've never seen a better angle of, but it sure looked to me like he was onside where he scored, and they called it back. And then we had a penalty on an extremely soft penalty call. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, uh, and then. Yeah. He saves it, and they call him because he's off his line, and he'd made a double save there, and and that was harsh. Yeah. I mean, I guess by the letter of the law, he was off his line by inches, but yeah. man, how harsh. Yeah. And then, ball don't lie, right? It comes off the crossbar. Um, how yeah. do you live that up and down from the sidelines? Uh, were, you, were you struggling? Were you just feeling pretty good because we were still up two? Like, how were you feeling? Yeah. Here's the thing. What, what the game – one of the things – and I've learned a lot from – from the game itself as a player and as a coach. But one of the things, one of the things that, that this game teaches you is the things you usually set out. And the truth of it is, guys, just remember back to the Cosmos regular season game. We get a penalty in what, the 72nd minute, something like that. Mm. 70, Speaking of Darwin. Whatever it was, Darwin gets a penalty saved and they call it back to the goalkeeper's approach. And he ends up getting new life and scores the second one. Yeah. So things tend to even themselves out. And and was I unhappy with the call? On the sideline, I don't think I said a lot. And I probably did under my breath, but I don't. <laughs> I don't think I was real demonstrative because I I can't see from where I'm standing whether he did or he didn't or whatever. Uh, and I knew that that was a directive from FIFA and from the Federation that, you know, yeah. to, to, to have a better better handle on what goalkeepers were doing in preparation for a for a penalty a penalty tip. But yeah, the other side the other side of it is once I was more I was more mad when I watched the video, and I'm glad I hadn't watched it then. I might have gotten sent off mm. because that was a, <laughs> that was a joke. That was and and my thing is they made the rest the best call that referee made all night long was the red card on their on their center back. The problem exactly. is he showed he showed his immaturity as an official by letting them bully him to the point where he now was going to give them everything under the sun just to try and get right. him off his back. And that and the penalty was soft to start with. The call was a the call was complete picky tacky, and at the end, 
I don't know exactly what the foul count was, but I think we ended up in a position where it was close to two to one. And I have no idea how it was even remotely in that in that neighborhood. It made no it made no sense in terms of how the game was played. So mm-hmm. um, you know it it but I it, put it this way, things even themselves out. And in that situation it was a poor call, it was a poor decision on the second one. And at the end of the day we walked away from the sequence up to nothing. So you know, I, 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 and and I felt like at that point, this thing's over. They, these guys are these guys are going to fold it up. Yeah, and as Tim and Duncan, and the mental, I have no idea. I haven't seen an angle that I could sit here and honestly say it was onside or it wasn't. But the, but the but the truth but the truth of it is, it was a terrific goal, and I felt really bad for a guy who had done a fantastic job on that one. I believe he came on, if I'm not mistaken. He was in that sequence, I think, when Hoff came off. I think we put him on. I can't remember that specifically. Mm. But Brian Brian did a great job. Brian had a great year for us last year. Uh, but people don't understand. I mean, he had a, he had a uh, uh, you know, a, a medial collateral ligament tear, slight tear in his knee. He had a hamstring problem, which turned into two massive hamstring problems, which set him back during the off season. I mean, and and the guy still gutted his out his, himself out through the entire that entire uh, uh, fall campaign. I mean, I, how he put up the pain he was in, I have no idea, not a clue. But no lie, not to mention uh, Brian's hair could have its own documentary. So just wanted to say that just well, to go back I, a little bit. And, too. I he, and I think he's, I think he's hoping that guy, I think he's hoping that <laughs> super chief is going to do something special. Like the, the, uh, call it, you know, fear the stash, you know, um, I'm going to break the hair. I don't know what exactly it might be, but I think these sort of bought into this whole, you know, more hair is clearly better. So, that's a that's a that's a head of hair for hockey. That's what we call some lettuce or some salad. Yeah, yeah. but he does, but he really does. It's not necessarily a, a mullet though. That's the right. thing. Hockey that's players true. are all about the mullet. I mean, that's true. His is more. It's I I think it's flow. His is his is more. Uh, have you guys ever like up north a lot of times with the way the grass grows and gets trampled and ripped up and everything else. You have these huge clumps of hair that grow, and, and or huge clumps of grass that grow where it just kind of goes up and then over. I think oh, he's hoping that I think he's looking at it at, at you know that that kind of his. I think that's model. more his um, uh, that that that's his, his model for what he's doing right now. So, yeah. well, hey, any. CFC fan that's been around for a while will tell you that we are not balanced when it comes to penalty well, saves with keepers being called off the line. But I won't go into that because that's another hour-long subject. But I will tie us into the next clip that we have. It's, uh, you know what? Let's just let it play. Let's, let's, uh, let's roll the clip. In tournament play, there is little time to celebrate, but the 15-minute bus ride back to the hotel affords a small window for the club to savor tonight's three points. We went out there and did our job. We got the dub, you know, we took the three points. Now everybody chasing us, you know? We, 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 did, we did what Chattanooga does. We went. We take dubs. We take dubs. We take dubs. That's what we do. So, fools, at the end of that clip, yep. you are dancing. And some of us who are close yeah. to you know that side of you. But I think a lot of people that are in the stands, they see Coach Fuller there 
business yeah. oriented. Then he goes back in the locker room. I I love right. that people got to see this side of you, and uh, yeah. not not only that, but when you did the the chatta, uh, that hit home too. Yeah. I know for a lot of people. So those bus rides must have been right. amazing after wins. That's something. Honestly, when I get on the bus after a win, we start right away with that. I started that last year during the members' stuff. To be honest with you, so nice. Um, it's it's who we are. We're we're a part of we're a part of Chattanooga, and and um, and look to a lot of people, they'd look at me and say, you know, you know, Bulls is a little bit weird, you know, or this or that. Let me tell you something. That one of the best bumper stickers that I've ever seen. When you guys go into Clyde, look at all the bumper stickers that they've got up there, and they got some unbelievable ones. But one of the first ones I remember seeing when I moved here was Keep Chattanooga Weird. I'm perfect for that. That's right up my alley. So that is right up uh, your alley. I embrace, I, I embrace being here, and I embrace the city that I live in, and the city and the team that, that bears that city's name. I embrace it. And uh, uh, I would never want to embarrass it in any way, but at the same time, too, I'm also going to be me. And look, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a person who has many sides, like a lot of us. Um, I I think people just have gotten a chance to see my strangeness. So, you know, I, I think, uh, number one, we've talked about this on the, on our podcast before, and, and, and you know that, that we feel this way, Foles, but one of the things is you fit in here seamlessly. Um, but Robbie Williams, team trainer's got a, a comment here on the uh, Robbie. Facebook stream, and he says that that is the real Fuller, not for TV show. And, and I think what he's saying yeah. is, yeah, exactly, that you can see it on the screen. Like, that's not a that's not a show that that you're doing you know then that's someone that knows you well and knows you in these circumstances that that's yeah you know the keep chattanooga weird is uh is and then and your whole persona in this documentary is is not fake and i think those of us who know you know that and it's uh right it's refreshing i think for everyone to get to look into these these team moments yeah no it's great and and it's funny um that's a that's a nice thing for robbie to say and and uh uh one of the things that i don't think Robbie Williams has been here since the beginning of Chattanooga FC. An absolute He's legend. Tra- and, 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 and here's the thing, guys. I've, I've coached a lot of places. I've worked with a lot of great people. I've never worked with a trainer better than Robbie Williams. The best. He is hands down, bottom line, the best trainer I've ever worked with. And if I left tomorrow and got, got the, the, the national team job, I would I would try and figure out a way to take Robbie with me. He's <laughs> awesome. And and a lot and a lot of people have no idea about that. He's a quiet, reserved guy. He's a family guy who loves his family first, loves his wife, loves his daughters, and and we almost lost him last year at this time. And yep. what a tragedy that would have been for, for Chattanooga City and for our city because this guy represents our city not just our club so well he is awesome and uh um and i love it's a privilege for me to work with him and to work with somebody that's as good at what he does as he is he's phenomenal and uh uh we're uh i don't know that the fans fully understand what he means to the to the players too the players love it the guys love love working with him and they trust him and i can't begin to tell you how important it is to have the trust as a trainer to have the trust of your player of the players. That is huge, and I see it, and it's important to me. Got to have it. They've got to. The, the, the players have got to trust the trainer. These guys trust this guy. He is. That's amazing. He, he's awesome. Yeah, I, he I, is. I, and I think really you is. saw the connection there. You know, when when Robbie had that health scare, you, you saw a lot of former and current players, you know, posting all over Facebook, you know, doing yep. yeah. doing expressing their love in, in every way that they could. It was yeah. different than just somebody yeah. they'd worked with. So I yeah. think that that's that's definitely evident. Well, Coach Fuller, yeah. that is all of our clips. And uh, I don't know if if we should keep you any longer. I feel like Singo is a good spot for you. I know how much you love that. Is there <laughs> anything you'd like to leave us with? Is there anything that uh, you, you request of the fans before uh, before we let you go here? Yeah, one thing. One guy that I don't think got near enough mention in these first two episodes that really deserves it is Bill Elliott. 
And you guys know, as well as I do, you know the relationship that I have with Bill. And you know that I'm, you know, I'm indebted to him giving me the opportunity to be here and to be a part of this club. But, but Robbie Williams and Bill Elliott have been linked for a long time. And Bill did a, Bill did a heck of a job here during the NCSL years and everything else. And, and um, I, I, he's a, Bill's a great coach. He's a great coach. And we're a great team. Um, whenever he's in town, obviously he's right on the touchline with me. I give him responsibility and things that I want him to do. And, uh, um, I feel, I feel an indebtedness to him, but I also, it drives me as well. I, I, I want him to be proud of what, of how we play and what we do and him to be happy with the job that I do. And, uh, um, he's, uh, um, he's a guy that deserves a lot of credit, fellas, and I don't, and I, and I want to make sure that he always understands that he's, that he's, that he's a big part of what we do still today, um, with his help with players, um, with his help with, um, with me to bounce ideas off of, um, ideas about our budget and things that we ought to think about and all of that. He's, he's, uh, um, he's a big part, he's a big He's a big part, big, a big part of my life, and he's a big part of Chattanooga FC. And uh, I don't want anybody to ever forget that he, he's uh, he's pretty special. You know, and that's great to hear. I think we got to see a little glimpse of that, but it's nice to hear you come out a little bit yep. more. You got to see him on the field at Detroit doing yep. a little bit of that practice, and that was nice. That was right. special. It's it's something really special right. uh, to see you guys work together, and and this is. I hope at least it appears to be um, a family off the field as well. Right. It, we talked about oh, the one, time. two, three family yep. for the players, but for yep. the coaches in the front office, you know, this is a CFC is something special and the CFC family is, is something real. And so to see, no, you, to see you, you know, slide in there to see the things that Robbie's saying right now on Facebook, you know, he said, thanks coach. I appreciate being able to work with you. And then he said, these are my brothers from the CFC family that you're talking about. You know, these are, yeah. these are interactions that we're having you know, online after a documentary, but there's a reason a documentary is being made about this club right now, because there's something special that happens in this CFC family in the orbit of this club. It's, it's bigger than soccer and it's more than soccer. And I think we're all really just lucky to, at least that's how I feel really lucky to play a a very small part here. Yeah. You guys, you guys have played a lot more than a small part. And I've told you guys this all the time. Our fan base drives me and, and, I've never, I've worked at the highest levels of the game in this country and I've never, um, I've never, I've never, I've never had a, had a fan base like, like our fan base. And, uh, I, um, I feel, I, I feel a responsibility to our fan base that we do it the way you guys would want it done. And, uh, um, and I, I, you guys have a lot more than a little bit than a little bit of a, a a piece of this puzzle. You guys, you guys, in a lot of ways, are the reason we do what we do, and why I and why I have a job here, and why I want to be here. So, um, I please don't minimize that because it's not minimized by us as a staff um, or a front office or or our players. It, it's it's ingrained in them right from the moment they walk in the door. Thank you, man. That, that means a lot. Well, coach, thank you so much. This was an excellent, excellent time interviewing you, um, provided so much insight in this. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you out on the field on April three and who knows, maybe we'll sneak in another interview and one of these docs before then. Yeah. Hey, we'll have the, uh, the stealth on ice waiting on you. (laughs) Well done. I love it. it. I'll tell you what, Phyllis, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, uh, anytime you need me, I'm here. So Th- let me know. Thanks, Coach. Talk to you later. Thank you, boss. Take care. It's always goes, fun talking to you. There goes Coach Fuller. Man, I, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Tim Dungan said something earlier on the chat. He said uh, Coach was best, 100%. Best comment so far. Oh, well, there's a couple. But I was saying he was 100% born to be a coach. Uh, which comment were you thinking? The Rashid Wallace ball? Oh, down high? no. Nah, Ray's Hills. Praise Bills or whatever oh, yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a, I, that's a really. Good I almost one. started laughing while Fuller yes. was on the phone, and I didn't want to have to explain. So I definitely wanted to bring that up because that comment made me laugh really hard. 
So. Oh yeah, it's it's so 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 good. So, so. Jay, before we close out, and we can talk a yes. little bit here. Um, what were your overall thoughts on the episode, and kind of what do you want to see for next week's episode? I liked episode two more than episode one. Um, I loved episode one, but I am really liking the direction this is going towards. You know, as a fan, knowing what happened in the tournament, I'm really excited to see what unfolds behind the scenes. And this is the the first episode where you really get to see how close of a look we're going to get. Um, so I'm I'm so excited. What about you? So... I don't know which episode I liked more. I loved episode one. Episode two is also great. But what episode two left me was really, really wanting more. It ends kind of abruptly. Yep. And I cannot wait to see like what went on behind the scenes for the New York Cosmos game and for the Cal United game. And I don't know which episode is for which game. Like I don't know how, how it unfolds. Uh, but I want to see much more in the hotel thing. I said this last episode. I w still want to know which episode um, which sorry, which room was the fun room? And then yeah. one thing we didn't talk about in this episode because I didn't want to ask Fuller. I didn't know if it was fair to ask him. I, I maybe he would have known. I don't know. But didn't it, we were in such a good serious topic? But what was that card game they were playing? Yeah, we got to ask. I, and I guess we could ask Juan. But yeah, the way uh, <laughs> the way Juan treats them, the I think he was asking Coloco like, "Did you practice?" Like that made me laugh so hard. Oh, and I, I have a feeling, and maybe we'll get Juan on one of these episodes. We'll see, like as we go forward, who we, who we get to interview. But somebody's got to know what that card game was. Also, how small was that ice bath? Poor Ryan and Zeka. Like being in a hotel and not having the proper facilities. And and I didn't ask this, and I just thought of it. And I should have asked it before. Like, how did they divide up the gym time? Right, because there's only a certain yeah. amount of gyms in a hotel. So like, it there's four floors. Were, I, anyway, there was. I don't know. I don't think they had a a um, gym on each floor. So like, how did they divide it up between all the professional teams? Like yeah. wild stuff, man. Wild, wild stuff. It's amazing to think about. Cause it's, I would have, I would have loved to have watched our, you know, a regular first professional season in a documentary style, but this is something very different and you get things like that and you get quirks, like seeing the other team in the hotel, you know, we don't know if that happens yet, but I'm guessing it does because they were all in one hotel. So. And, we're, and are they hiding from the cameras? Are the other teams hiding or are they trying to make I mean, I don't know. That, that might be something I would have to ask the producers. Been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so listen, uh, if you're listening to this and you're still here, thank you. Um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in and, and hanging out with us after the show. Thank you for the comments. Love the comments on, on Facebook and, and I need to check YouTube next time. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, if you are wanting to see more Section 109 podcasts, you can see us on YouTube. We did a goal special. Um, and you can find that on YouTube and you can also really find the watch. Yeah, it's really long, but it's, it's, we actually it did a good long. job. It's like the one piece of content we've ever did. That's good. Um, and then <laughs> everything else, uh, if you want to find podcasts from us, you can find us on, uh, all, all your major podcast platforms and on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. Cause we don't do the Facebooks. We're not old. Um, even though we're on Facebook right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's at section 109 podcast at section 109. Uh, Jay, if people want to find you on the internet, maybe they want to talk to you about this or they want to yell at you about uh, some bad take you had tonight. How can they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Section 109 Podcast because that's the only one I'm on. But you can find me on Instagram where I am mostly there at letter J. What about you, Breezy? You can find me on the internet. Thanks, everybody. All right. <laughs>